I think the theme for 2022 is leadership development, I, I think is probably one that's going to be focused on in a lot of organizations this year. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Hello and welcome to Status Go. I'm Megan Schaefer. I am the Digital Marketing Specialist at InterVision, and I'm not really a new voice, but I'm also not really a familiar one either. As many of you know, I'm usually behind the mic working on the production side of the podcast. As it happens, however, I have the pleasure of helping shepherd everyone into 2022, which in full disclosure does not roll off my tongue just yet. I have to really enunciate it. Um, Since this is the first full week of the year for some, welcome back and happy new year. We actually kicked things off last week with Jonathan Lerner, president and CEO of InterVision, Definitely give that a listen if you haven't already. It is, it's great. It's a very full conversation around embracing change. And I think that has been and will continue to be a very poignant theme. This week, we begin our 2022 prediction series. And I feel like we should kind of set the tone a little around predictions in general. They are notoriously magnetic. Everyone loves a good prediction. And I think that's because they're also notoriously provocative. Uh, They help set the tone. They help set the foundation. They get us all thinking critically, whether we agree with them or or not. While none of us have a crystal ball, the experts on our InterVision predictions panel are taking all of the information they have at hand, their immense experience, and distilling it down to some very compelling thoughts for 2022. Some of these things will no doubt play out within the year. And in contrast, some of these things are really big ideas of which the building blocks will be laid this year and then continue to play out for years to come. I'm thrilled to start this series off with Jeff Tun, Strategic IT Advisor. Now, Jeff is the familiar voice you hear week to week. Hosting Status Go is just one of the many ways Jeff lends his talents and expertise to InterVision. You can see him on our on-demand webinar series, Data Protection Strategies Leveraging Cloud, and Jumpstarting Your Cloud Journey. You'll see his byline on several Forbes Technology Council articles. And last, but certainly not least, Jeff is the author of two books, Amplify Your Value, Leading IT with Strategic Vision, and Amplify Your Job Search, Strategies for Finding Your Dream Job. So, Jeff, it doesn't feel entirely appropriate to welcome you to the podcast, per se, but here we are. So, welcome. Thank you. And Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to you, too. I had to laugh when you were talking about 2022 rolling off your tongue. I saw a meme yesterday that said, oh, my gosh, I just realized that 2022 is pronounced the same way as 2022. In other words, also. Oh, yeah. So it's like, oh, my God, are we going through this again? So hopefully exactly. not. But it's great to be on the program today, Megan. I think uh, it's going to be a fun conversation. I think so. Can you start us off with, and I know there are several, but the, the bigger picture prediction that we're 
diving into and really getting into the nitty gritty today. Can you tell us what that is? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it plays on a prediction that I've been making for the last couple of years, and that is that the skills required from our technology leaders, from our CIOs and CTOs today are not the same skills that got us to those roles in the first place. Uh, Typically, a CIO or CTO raises to those levels because they were great technologists, uh, Mm -hmm. either in infrastructure or coding or whatever. Um, And what our businesses need are more of the soft skills, which I love to call the essential skills. And so while I made that prediction a couple of years ago, I still think it holds true. I think we're starting to recognize more and more that the IT leaders of today and tomorrow need that different skill set. And in fact, when I look at the various predictions that I wrote for 2022, a lot of it was around those types of things. It was around staffing and embracing change, like we talked to with Jonathan, uh, and the skill sets that that our teams are going to need throughout the organization, and how do you drive those forward? So I think the theme for 2022 is uh, leadership development, I I think is uh, probably one that's going to be focused on in a lot of organizations this year. So not to take us on a huge rabbit hole, because I want to come back and drive into that um, in more detail, but Do you think that the skills that you even had in mind a couple of years ago, three years ago, were the same ones that are necessary now? I mean, we have have just gone through such a metamorphosis in the last two years. Do you think that the skills required have changed dramatically in the last two years versus, say, five? Well, that is a great, great question. And I, I think that perhaps some of them have gained in importance uh, Mm -hmm. where maybe they weren't top of mind before. I think of, uh, so I I define these skills uh, across the board as things like deeper business acumen, collaboration, communication, design thinking, strategic thinking, critical thinking, and diversity. Um, and there's some others wrapped in there, but those are the those are the main ones. And and I think what 2021 has taught us, I think we've seen a couple of things jump to the forefront. One is that deeper business acumen. We've gotten this newfound seat at the table in a lot of cases because of the the response that our teams had to the pandemic, frankly, and some of the business changes that we were able to implement very, very quickly under that microscope of the pandemic. So I think that business acumen really dovetails also into design thinking. As you know, and our listeners know, design thinking starts with the customer right? Mm -hmm. Understanding the customer inside and out. And I love the concept, uh, and Jonathan even mentioned it in his episode, maniacally focused on the customer. So Mm -hmm. I think those two things have bumped up in importance that the customer to a lot of IT shops are the internal customers. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the customers that buy the product or service that your organization sells, those customers. I think the CIO, the IT leader needs to be focused on them. 
And then I know one of the themes that you and I have been addressing for a little over a year now is diversity in tech and how do we drive those? Because I think the problems that we're facing, the challenges that we need to solve require that diversity of thought, diversity of experience, diversity of culture in order to solve those problems. And so I think those are probably the ones that have raised up in the last couple of years. Yeah, that makes sense. How do these skills that have been prioritized or that need to be learned, how do they start within the team? What I'm trying to get at is based on our conversation earlier today, I think it was on more of a total experience. And we were talking about the trickle down effect of a healthy team. So while it's always the goal to have the best possible customer experience, how do you back up a little bit and ensure that you have the skills to create a healthy team? That, that is a, a great question. And it's something that we always balance, right? Uh, do you focus on great customer service or do you focus on great employee experience, right? And mm-hmm. how do you balance those two? I'm a firm believer that it starts with the employee experience, that if you're treating your employees with respect and trust and empowerment, that they in turn provide those things to your customers. So I I think it begins with, especially in this day and age, uh, flexibility. Uh, Mm -hmm. Resources are scarce. Technology resources are at the top of the list for scarcity. There's a great demand for that. And we've seen a lot of attrition in technology shops. And I think part of that is we have to be flexible. Um, I talked to a, a CIO late in 2021 and He worked for a government agency that mandated you have to be back in the office. Mm -hmm. They lost 20% of their staff in a matter of weeks. That's not going to fly. And you're going to have to learn to be flexible. The other thing that we've talked a lot about on Status Go is the concept of empathy. Uh, People have gone through a lot. We're still going through a lot. And you have to be able to understand that Employees may be putting on a bright and shiny face, but that may not be what's reality in their in their worlds. And you have to meet them where they are. So I, I think that caring type of environment, empathy, vulnerability, transparency, starts to build the kind of trust that you need for providing great service to your customers. Yeah, I think you're right in terms of the the empathy vulnerability piece in that It's always been that at any given point, you could have an employee um, or a colleague that's going through something that you Mm -hmm. know nothing about. Yeah. But never have we been in a situation where not only are all of those things that we keep to ourselves and keep in the background happening, but so is this overarching event Mm -hmm. that has been exhausting everyone for all of this time. We keep coming up with this or we keep bringing up empathy, vulnerability. And I think that's why it is such an important topic. Well, it's all part of emotional intelligence, right? Understanding your own emotions is kind of step one of having a strong EQ. But understanding Mm -hmm. the emotions of those around you is a very close second to that. And being able to help the other people manage through those emotions is a real true sign of of having a strong emotional intelligence. Okay, but... How do we get there (laughs) in terms of, you know, I mean, these are my favorite topics. Mm -hmm. I love to talk about these things. And I also 
wonder for someone who has not been exposed to these ideas, and, and this is mm -hmm. a spectrum, right? right there's right. there's someone who's really not been exposed to these ideas with any depth. And then there's someone who's, you know, diving in head first and, and swimming in them. But do you think these are things that can be learned? I think they are skills that can be learned. Yes. Do some people uh, gravitate to more of these things than, than others might? Uh, certainly, certainly. But I also think there's ways that we can teach, learn, and, and grow ourselves and our employees. One of the first steps, you asked how, I think one of the first steps is setting aside learning and development time and prioritizing that learning and development time. Too many times I see organizations that, uh, yeah, we've got a learning and development budget or we've got learning and development time, but when times are tough, those are the first things that get cut from the budget. Or when deadlines are approaching on projects, learning and development time takes a back seat. And yes, I'm not saying projects are not important. They, they are. But I think if we set aside the proper time and manage to that time schedule appropriately, I think people will take more advantage of that. I've been guilty of this myself as a leader is uh, you sit down at the beginning of the year and you have a learning and development plan with one of your employees and you say, okay, you can go to three, three workshops this year or whatever it is. Right. And then you're done. You don't, you never mm -hmm. follow up. You never ask, are they, have you gone to something? What are you doing? And what happens is you get down towards the last quarter of the year or even the last month of the year and they haven't used their training and development time. I think CIOs, IT leaders in general, seem to have, for whatever reason, they don't prioritize that for themselves. And I think their team mm -hmm. sees that. You know, going to a Gartner conference is a great experience. That's not leadership development training, right? right. That may be industry training, that may be networking with your peers, but it's not the same thing as taking a class in critical thinking or taking a class in executive presence, whatever your development needs are, I think you have to be more focused and more intentional about it for yourself and for your team. So you mentioned just now, whatever your own needs are, because I, I often think the most difficult part of any endeavor is, is the very first mm -hmm. step. And I personally procrastinate because I want that first step to be in exactly the right direction, mm -hmm. in exactly the right way, perfectionism at, at its finest. So how does one go about figuring out what their needs are? What if they have no idea? Another great question. I think there's a couple of different ways. One would be to enroll in a general program that touches on multiple areas. And, you know, that might be some online work, that might be some in-person work, it might be a hybrid of that, but some program that touches on various elements of leading, and I'm going to be more specific, general elements of leading technology professionals, because I think there's some nuances there. And take that general program and see what, what pops out for you as man, that's really something I need to work on. Or, you know, I think I've got the empathy thing down pretty well. I may need to focus over here, whatever that mm -hmm. may be. And, and I think that's one way. I tell you, one of the most 
beneficial things I ever did in, in my career was I hired an executive coach. And to me, that made a world of difference in my leadership and my growth and development because it was very, very focused. It was very focused on me, my needs, what was going on in my world. And my executive coach was uh, Dr. Dan Miller. And I worked with Dan for seven years and Mm -hmm. uh, just tremendous, tremendous experience. Now, since we're talking about leadership skills and development, why do you also say that it should be somebody that concentrates in the technology space or has has experience there? Like what's what's unique to that space that somebody should have more um, visibility into it? I just think that managing technology professionals can be a different challenge. And let me back up and phrase that differently. I think it's twofold, right? I think it's that technology professionals need someone guiding them that they respect and trust. Mm -hmm. And the way to gain the respect and trust of a technology professional is to be technical in a lot of cases. Yeah, And I think, no, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. In fact, chances are you're not going to be most of the time. But you have to know enough about technology to earn their trust and earn their respect. I think that's part of it. The other part of it is, as technology leaders, we're in a a very unique position. We see across the breadth of the organization like no one else does. Because we're embedded in their processes, we're embedded in their outcomes, And so we can tie things together across an organization that a line of business leader wouldn't have visibility to, or even uh, services like finance, accounting, HR, while they have visibility across the organization, they're not digging into the business processes like IT Mm -hmm. does, like technology Mm -hmm. does. And, And I think that that brings additional requirements on leadership development Uh, to be able to work arm in arm with the business executives in the other areas, be able to bring your ideas and convey the vision that you have for technology in the organization, maybe use some influence and some negotiation skills to move things forward. So I just think it's a unique position. It's a unique mix there are a million executive coaches out there. And I'm not saying that your executive coach has to be a, a technology professional. Mine mine was not. Mm-hmm. Dan was not uh, technology focused. But I think that that does bring some benefit, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a coach, but somebody that's been there and done that uh, and can help navigate. One of the hardest things a new manager or new leader has to deal with is that transition from being a contributor, a technologist to one of a manager. And all of a sudden you're working with people that, as I mentioned earlier, you're not the smartest person in the room. They know far more about networking or systems configuration or app dev than you ever will. And that's a hard transition to make. And I think someone who has been there, done that, can help you navigate that. 
that makes sense to step out of that focus and and that's where you're spending you know as you said you set aside time for development if you're in the networking space that's what you're working on but if you're in the management and leadership space that's what you're working on uh-huh. and the networking keeps moving on without you yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely advancing without you yes yes that would yes. be difficult yes i think the last line of code that i wrote was uh in 1996 uh, probably in COBOL. Uh, that's that's been a while. <laughs> that it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. There's probably been some changes. Uh, maybe the, just a few. <laughs> um, you know, something I wanted to also circle back to that you've mentioned to me, and that is underneath this kind of umbrella of how to go about this. You've mentioned Quaker consensus <sighs> in terms of developing some guidelines. I'm really interested to hear you kind of expand on that and and work that into this process. You know, it, this is a relatively new term to me, though though I've heard for years about consensus management. But I was doing some reading on this for another project that I'm involved in, and for those that who may be listening that are Quakers, I will probably butcher this. My apologies up front, but basically the idea is that there's a framework when the Quakers have a meeting that they need to make a decision. And there's there's roles defined. So you have a facilitator. Sounds like someone that's a meeting organizer, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the rules are pretty interesting. And a couple of them that jump out for me is that everybody speaks. Everybody speaks. And what a great way to drive inclusion in your organization means everybody has a voice and the meeting's not over. The decision's not made until everybody speaks. The other one that's really interesting is you can only say your point once, Hmm. right? Because if you say it more than that, then you're politicking. I like that one. I also assume somebody's policing you. Uh, Yeah, that's that's the role of the facilitator, right? Is is to kind of call that. And the idea behind this is that the resulting decision is better than it would have been had one person or a committee or whatever made the decision. The group makes the decision. The Mm -hmm. agreement is that once the decision is made, the decision is made. And everyone agrees that that was the decision. You've had your voice. You've had your dissension. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that over time, over this discussion, people are moving to, yes, I can live with that. That is a decision I can live with. And it's just, it's a fascinating process. And like I say to my Quaker friends out there, I probably did a horrible job explaining. But I think it's a great way to look at decision making, especially when you think about inclusion, because everybody has a voice and there's no politicking. So you're not going to let any one person or any couple of people drown out the voices of the others. I really do like that, especially, like I said, the the politicking point. And I never thought of it that way, to repeat yourself to be politicking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Now, going back to something you, I'm I'm going to challenge you just a little bit, because I'm going to go back (laughs) to what you said about flexibility. Uh How does flexibility work into this? And, And it could be that. Once you get into this process, it becomes quicker and quicker and everybody's used to talking, kind of used to flowing with it. But if you make the decision, it's made and everybody has agreed upon it. What happens if you need to be flexible? What happens if you need to pivot? 
Well, I think decisions, new information can come to light. If new information yeah. comes to light, then I think it's a, appropriate to revisit a decision. I don't think you do that for every single decision all the time. But if you learn something that is paramount to the success or failure of that decision, then I think it's appropriate to revisit it. I, I think the other place that comes in is external circumstances change. Think about a decision that was mm -hmm. made in February 2020. Right. Everything changed in March of 2020 here in the U.S. Yeah. Right? I think a lot of companies had to revisit decisions. The whole work from home decisions. There were some companies that were, no, 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 you cannot work from home. All of a sudden, they had to, to keep their doors open. And so they had to revisit that decision. And now they're struggling with what do we do coming back? But I don't want to get into those types of decisions. But I think that's where this room for flexibility comes in, is okay. external factors change, business needs change. And I think that's when you revisit, potentially, some of the decisions that you've made. Got it. So I'm going to circle all the way back to the beginning, to your original prediction. And you said the three that have jumped to the forefront were deeper business acumen, design thinking, and diversity. Mm -hmm. Before we close out and get to more of an action item, is there anything that you want to expand upon in each one of those things? I think under business acumen, one of the things that, uh, and this is a related prediction that I made last year also, and I still think it holds true, is we're continuing to see more and more verticalization within the technology space. And, and what mm -hmm. I mean by that is think, think healthcare IT. If you are a professional in healthcare IT and you leave your current employer, chances are you're probably going to another healthcare related field. Mm -hmm. If you're in retail IT, it's going to be pretty daggone hard for you to get into healthcare IT. Because of the verticalization. Yeah. And I think what's happening is other verticals are starting because we have to be so maniacally focused on the customer and the way that the customer consumes our products and services. We have to know more and more and more about the industry we're in, whether it's retail, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's healthcare whether it's uh, financial services. I think we're going to see that specialization or verticalization. So I think that's part of where business acumen comes in. The other one was the design thinking. And the highlight for me there is that, that focus on the customer. When you think about the agile mindset or the digital transformation mindset, all of those disciplines start with a focus on the customer. So mm -hmm. leveraging design thinking to take the customer and build your products and services focused on the customer, to me, only makes sense. Uh, and I think that given the way our world is changing with hyper-personalization and the tools at your fingertips with your smartphones and your tablets and your televisions that are now smart TVs and all those things, I think it's only going to get more focused on the consumer, on the customer, whether you're B2B or B2C. And then diversity, we've talked about diversity in technology. Shoot, I've been in technology for 40 years. My guess is we've been talking about diversity about that long. 
and we haven't even moved the numbers. Especially you look at women in technology roles, I think the numbers have actually gone down in the last couple of years. And part of that's pandemic driven. Uh, Part of it is that people's priorities changed because of the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. I think what really has to happen, and I saw I saw a great presentation a couple of weeks ago by Angel Henry, who's been on our program, uh, and mm-hmm. she paired up with Tanya Webb Wallace. They did a presentation on DEI, so diversity, equity, inclusion, and their thesis was, and I agree with this, is that it begins with inclusion. That you have to have inclusion before you can have diversity, and I think that's why our numbers aren't changing. We may be hiring diverse candidates, but they're not staying because they don't feel like they're included. They don't feel like they have a voice. That's where I think about this uh, Quaker consensus that we were talking about as a way to make sure that everybody has a voice. Mm. So that is what I would highlight from those three areas. Great. Thank you for that. And You know, as I mentioned earlier, this is one of my favorite topics. I could talk all day about how people connect and what motivates them. But I think also, like you said at the beginning, setting the time aside and taking those first steps is the Mm -hmm. hardest part of, you know, people are going against their nature. They, They want to check off the to-do list. Yes. They want to feel like they've provided value by completing something. And this kind of work doesn't always feel productive. Right. You know, it's right. not the same as saying I completed this project. This project is is tangibly adding value to the company and to the customer. Yeah. What would you say to someone listening today? What would be the one or two takeaways or the one or two first steps that you would tell somebody to do? I think as first steps, I it, it sounds a little trite to say, but I think you prioritize it that mm-hmm. you have to realize your learning and development is just as important today as it was when you were starting out your career. And the topics that you're studying may be different. Uh, In fact, probably should be different. But, you know, we've all gone through, everybody that's in technology, we've gone through and we've gotten this certification or that certification in technologies. And those certifications are incredibly valuable. But our essential skills or our soft skills are also vitally important, especially when you're trying to create a team of leaders, because it's just not one leader. You need leadership at all levels of your organization. And I think you have to be able to prioritize that. I think the other mistake we, we, we make is we set an annual goal for mm-hmm. learning and development. I think that's far too long. I think we should set quarterly goals at the longest and say, this quarter, I'm going to do this, or this quarter, I'm going to do that. And I think that will help make sure that we're using the training time and the training dollars that are are given to us as we're developing throughout the year. I think another great step that I mentioned earlier is hire a coach, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when you hit the director, senior director, maybe even senior manager type roles. If you're trying to move up in an organization uh, and become that vice president, senior vice president, chief information officer, I think having an executive coach is, it's almost a requirement in order to grow the way that you need to grow. I think this type of growth and this type of learning, it's not linear. 
Right. It's right. not it's not that black and white process. Um, to your point, having somebody there to help motivate you, hold you accountable, mm -hmm. to validate that sometimes you're going to be in a great flow and sometimes you're going to feel like you're not, you're just going through the motions. Exactly. But it's all part of the process. Yes. Totally agree. Gosh, well, thank you so much for that. I love that. And this has been a great conversation. I always love our conversations. This time we got to record it. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you for having me on the program. It's Again, it sounds weird to say that, but uh, I appreciate being able to speak to our listeners in, in this way rather than the host chair. Sure. This is a totally different perspective. You're on the other side of it. That's right. You have to respond to the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have the easy job. Well, thank you so much. And to our listeners, as always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I hope your 2022 has started off in a, in a wonderful fashion. If you'd like to learn more or to get the show notes, go to intervision.com. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.